This is the Life After Cancer podcast. We are Shay's Warriors, a community of survivors and thrivers living to inspire, empower, and uplift women in life after cancer. True stories sparking hope through vulnerability. Facing the unknown together. together. Choosing to live life in color. On today's podcast, Allison Sachs, Director of Community Outreach and Cancer Support Services at Eisenhower Lucy Kirchy Cancer Center. Shay Moraga, founder of Shay's Warriors. She's a cancer survivor, yoga instructor, and awesome human. Join me, Ellie Torje, another awesome human, on the topic of PTSD. So today we're going to talk about post-traumatic stress disorder. But we're going to talk about it a little differently than you hear it because, boy, is that word thrown around a lot in our society. What's it really mean? What is, is Does everyone have post-traumatic stress disorder that's had a cancer diagnosis? I mean, we hear about it with war veterans all the time. What is it we want to know about it? So let's start with, hey, Shay. Ellie, when you hear post-traumatic stress disorder, what do you guys think? I think I have it. There you go. All right. I mean, I mean, mean, you know, I'd swear I'd have it. I mean, I went through cancer and, you know, every time I have like this back issue or something, I'm like, Lord, you know, I probably have cancer again. I mean, I'm always thinking it all the time. I'm Mm going to have cancer. It's going to come back. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't feel like I have it because uh, I, I just don't have any symptoms of it. But there are times in my life where I've had anxiety or I'm breathing difficultly, and it comes up and again when I feel a similar situation. So I feel like that's undealt with uh, issues with uh, you know repressed emotions from some trauma. So I'm not sure if that's what post-traumatic stress syndrome. Okay. Mm-hmm. A little close. Silver. We're done. A little close. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I want to be, you, do you mind if I'm a little professorial for a moment? Because I, I want to read be you it. something. Be you. I love I you. I like you. Helpful. Be you. I be me. Yeah. Okay. I like book text type stuff. I do too sometimes. And that's, the, the, we definitely need it for this. Again, it's no matter what you turn on, I have post-traumatic stress. Earlier we were talking, Ellie went, yeah, I was in all that traffic on, on the 10. And someone went, yeah, it was like post-traumatic stress disorder. <laughs> well, no. And, and if you look, I mean, if you look on Facebook or you look on Instagram all the time, stuff is popping up all the time. People are always saying, I have it, I have it, I have it. So, yeah. The cute little acronym of PTSD. Oh, I suffer so. But let me read you this. Okay. Post-traumatic stress disorder is a mental health condition that's triggered by a terrifying event. Okay, we've all had it. <laughs> okay. Either experiencing it or witnessing it. Symptoms may include flashbacks, nightmares, and severe anxiety, as well as uncontrollable thoughts about the event. Getting effective peace, uh, sorry, treatment after PTSD symptoms, you need treatment or it become a critical part of your life, stopping you from doing the things you love most to do. It's, it, it's like it becomes its own story. Exactly. Yeah. Good, very well put. Thank you for that. I agree. And um, while it isn't the pain, yeah, get a pain in your back and oh my God, I think that's cancer. It's more, oh my God, I think that's cancer and you don't sleep that night. Maybe you don't go out with friends. Maybe that's all you think about and you're like, I'm just in the worst mood. Depressed, angry. That's PTSD. And that's scary for those of us who've had cancer. So what's the difference between that 
and anxiety? Mm. Good question. So anxiety is kind of all pervasive. It's this underlying uncomfortable feeling that something's not okay. PTSD is a reaction to a traumatic event in your life. And make no mistake, cancer is a traumatic event. Mm -hmm. So can cancer and do cancer survivors have PTSD? You bet they do. They do. They also could have some anxiety. Here's the rule of thumb for me, for anyone, and I'm going to refer to notes in a minute, but I want to share this first because I think this is really, really important. I'm often asked, well, how do I know when I need professional help? You know, what's what's the dummy's anxiety? It's PTSD. In the end, my answer is always, it doesn't make a difference what it is. If you're not living your life comfortably and an interactive way with the world around you, you need professional help. And you know, maybe even asking the question, if for someone to come to the point where they ask that question, they probably do because they're already considering it. They're already knowing that there's something not quite right. Right. Absolutely. But, but again, Ellie, here's the thing. When you're living with a cancer diagnosis treatment, living after that diagnosis, things aren't right. Mm. They don't feel right. It's not, it's not the same. There's a term used that actually I hate. Okay, so anyone who's in a group or hears me lecture, now you know I hate this term. It's the new normal. I'm like, mm, it's not a new normal. It's just the way your life looks. I don't know why I don't like that. I just don't like the way that sounds. But cancer people, th- things aren't okay. It's it's really hard to figure out when it's really not okay. You know, I don't know how else to say that. Um, when, we, when we need that professional help, what signs, what symptoms? Well, you know, there are some. I'm looking at my notes. I told you I was bringing notes today. Um, you know, what's going on it's symptoms that interfere in your social life your work life with your relationships your ability to go about your normal everyday tasks now again we've talked about there are days when you just want to pull the covers over your head that's not what we're talking about we all have bad days we all have scary days maybe in two three days this is pervasive this is every day this is ongoing. And if that's going on, you need some help. You don't need to suffer with that because there is help. You know, thinking about that, I think there's a lot of uh, issue with people thinking that it's something's wrong with them if they need help. Why can't they figure it out? And mm. it has to do with pride, maybe, that I, I don't need anyone. I mean, that person doesn't need help for that particular thing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, how would you address somebody that says, um, I'm pretty good about uh, compartmentalizing things. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of just put that over here. And uh, I sometimes I'm curious about that whole compartmentalizing. I, mean, I understand it where like if you're at work, you can't be thinking about your kids right this minute about their homework due that you forgot to bring them lunch or whatever. It's like you've got to like, okay, I'm here. I'm focused on this. But I mean compartmentalizing your own self. Hmm. Yeah, well, everyone's different, and everyone has reasons for doing that. And hopefully, the professional you're working with or the um, can can ferret that out. That's what that training is all about. I don't expect family or friends to be able to do something like that. But there's some clues to someone who'll who'll say to me, um, uh, you know, hey, I, you know, really. I, I'm really okay, you know, I just, I kind of know where to put it, and I let it live there, and I leave it alone, and I'm like, well, that's great, then I don't want to rock your boat, you know, at all, but but share with me for a minute, you know, like, do you, do you sometimes find you have these, like, intrusive memories, you know, where everything is fine, you're food shopping, and wham, 
I'm like, oh, God, boy, do I remember. That surgery was so hard on me. I just did not, I don't know. Boy, when they took those drains out, that out of nowhere, that's not compartmentalizing. It's not working for you. But, you know, again, I don't want to push people. Or I might say, well, do you just not ever, I don't ever think about my breast cancer. It's behind me now. Okay. How can it be, though? <laughs> How can it be behind you? I don't know. I mean, I have to go to a therapist. I do. <laughs> I have to go to a therapist once a month to talk about it because there's, you know, unless I go to my, my information group, Yay Every group. week on Wednesdays, I, I just, I literally, I, I'll kind of spiral a little bit. Mm -hmm. And well, you know, you ex you're also an external processor too. So, mm -hmm. you know, some people aren't, they think they, they internalize things and That's they process correct. it totally differently. So someone might be saying, well, I, you know, I just, but still there's something about having that community of support and being able to process the way you need to process. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I agree. And, you know, the other is to look for, for, for those negative changes, those real changes. And you can ask loved ones around you, are you seeing that with me? You know, and, 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 and again, I'm cribbing off my notes here so I don't, so I share good information. But, you know, is it, are you having these changes that are really negative in thinking and mood? So about yourself, about other people, you know, about you want to go home and kick the dog. That No, don't kick your dog. I'm just saying that that's how it feels at the end of the day. Um, are you hopeless about the future? Well, <laughs> I'm going to die from this cancer anyway. What the hell? You know, I, just, I don't need to do any of that. Uh, do you have a disruption in your memory? Um, a lot of high anxiety and PTSD, there's a lot of memory problems with that until those traumatic events pop up, um, the, the everyday stuff. Um, the, 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 do you feel detached? Are you not enjoying what you once enjoyed? Um, these are also symptoms of depression, by the way. I was going to say, I've Heads had that, up. but it was more depression. Yeah, But and these are definitely symptoms of PTSD. That was an earthquake? I think this is California. What do you expect? I thought you kicked the table. I probably was. did, but we're going to say it's an earthquake. Fine. This is California. Fine. Fine. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so depression too. I mean, and the same thing for depression. Sure. It may not be called PTSD, but you should probably see somebody too. Well, sure. I mean, trouble sleeping, you know, that kind of thing. Trouble concentrating, um, angry outbursts, all of this are signs. These are those signs you go, uh-oh, okay. Somebody help me out, please. Okay, so then we get back to that point that um, I think Shay had either mentioned on mic or, or uh, prior that everybody says, I have PTSD. So do a lot of people really have a little bit of, on some level, you know, I mean, maybe not, it might not be a 10. You didn't, you, you know, were in a war and you were, you know, dropping bombs or something, but you were definitely in a position to where you were vulnerable and your world fell apart and it, and it, comes glaring back at you all the time and you're writing the story over and over again yeah I mean I, I guess my question is is as a normal person okay or if there is one <laughs> there's no such thing, I'm right? sorry that's, look that's at me okay, Shay I, called <laughs> herself normal and I started laughing that, that is like, horrible not real shame 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 on you social worker this is an okay, authentic, authentic is podcast okay uh, okay you're an authentic person <laughs> I am authentic but you're not normal okay. by any means <laughs> there we go all right all right nor do you want to be okay you guys <laughs> Okay, so anyways. As an authentic <laughs> human being. 
so living her best life. I am living my best life, but I still wake up in the middle of the night and sometimes I still have that worry. And, you know, so those are some of my symptoms, but do I automatically think that I have post-traumatic distress? No. PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder is a needs and is a medical diagnosis. Can't diagnose yourself. You know, doctor heal thyself. Well, none of us are doctors. Right. No, Dr. Google. No, right, Dr. Google. I'd never heard that before. Someone just shared that with me. Dr. Google? Yeah. I have like, Dr. Google is like my best friend. Oh my God, but you know the research they did not that long ago, off topic, but not really, that when someone started Googling headache, they ended with a brain tumor. <laughs> so you have to be really Hence careful. creates anxiety, stress, exactly. fear, exactly. and PTSD. Well, I don't know that. Maybe it's PTSD. GTSD, Google traumatic. Yeah, GTSD. There you go. There you go. <laughs> it's its own new terminology. But what are, what are, you know, how you, you go to the doctor, how do you know when to go to the doctor to get so diagnosed? That, that's what we are talking about. If you have um, nightmares unwarranted memories of the trauma, if you avoid situations that bring back the memories, i.e., you keep missing your doctor's appointments at the cancer center where you were treated. How come? They got cancer. You need to see a doctor. You need to keep your appointments. That could be a sign of PTSD. So if you keep avoiding the places and because you're afraid those memories are going to come back and they're so traumatic, if you have heightened reactions, anxiety and depression are in there. They're in that PTSD diagnosis, but they are not in and of themselves the diagnosis. There's more. You have anxiety. You tend not to have huge major uh, flashbacks and bad memories. Anxiety, like I said earlier, is kind of all pervasive. You're just always feeling, oh, what's the next shoe going to drop? You know, like, I don't know. My, I, just I feel thought so that was just growing up Italian. Well, Catholic, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so that's the difference. And, and what you may experience is behavioral agitation, irritability, hostility, hypervigilant. People are hypervigilant at all times. What's going on? What do you mean by that? We see that all the time. If you have self-destructive behavior, if you're socially isolated, those are all symptoms of PTSD, which needs a diagnosis from a medical professional, not to be thrown around. Any one of those in and of themselves is not a diagnosis of PTSD. Who can diagnose it? Now, you say medical professional, but... Mm -hmm. Can many medical professionals diagnose Yes, it? absolutely. So, um, you know, if you're needing medication for that, then it has to be an MD, right? Medication. MD, well, I take that because there's also what we now are calling APPs, advanced practice practitioners, nurse practitioners can also write for medication. But, um, yeah, so that's your primary care doctor, your nurse practitioner, your medical oncologist, or a psychiatrist. Any of those can write prescriptions, diagnose you with PTSD, and write a prescription to cope with it. Maybe you don't need a prescription. Maybe therapy is enough. You know, it's not not everything's a pill. What if? Yeah, I mean that, and that's a good point. Is what if someone does not want to take medication? Mm-hmm. Are there are there ways to, I guess not not to control it, but are there ways to have it subside without medication? Ask the yogi. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) You know, everyone is different. So if you're listening and you have all these symptoms, I am not telling you that doing any of these can control your PTSD. You need help. 
You need to see your doctor. You need to talk to someone. Okay, hear me. That's important. However, there is always room for anyone, especially if you have these symptoms and you're diagnosed for all of the meditative self-care supportive practices that we know make life better and make you feel better. There's just no question. I don't care if it's getting up in the morning and stretching gently and deep breathing outside as you look at whatever beautiful surroundings or children or animals or loved ones that are within your, your space. That's stress management. That's relaxation. Yoga class, that would be the best. Most cancer centers, including our own, I'm sitting next to someone I love and adore met this way, offers offer yoga classes at no or very little charge. Why do they do that? Because we know the stress level of cancer patients, not the PTSD level, the stress level. And we know that yoga works. We know that. Yoga does work. It does. Stress, anxiety, it fear. Does. And even though I teach it, I, I do take it, but I also, when I teach it and I see the others go through it, it helps me heal at the same time. Because you're teaching survivors. I'm teaching, uh, yes, I'm teaching within my own community, um, teaching what I learned 20 years ago and then also um, believed because the one thing is, is when I, when I was diagnosed with my cancer, as soon as he said, you have cancer, that took my breath away, mm. right? And the one thing with the yoga is you learn how to breathe. I need that to inhale that and that exhale and that it calms you down. So when my cancer then took that breath away, my one of my good mentors, uh, a friend of mine who's now moved out of town, but Janet said, Shay, you need to you need to get back to your mat. She was right. As soon as I hit my mat again and I was able to move a little bit and breathe, really the breath, the meditative breath is what, what got me through a lot of the times when I would go <laughs> ready for my Thursday morning chemo and I'm like, Okay, just breathe, just breathe, just breathe. It's going to be okay, you know? And I want you all to hear that you don't need to go to a studio. You don't need to pay a lot of money. You don't need to go to some special place with some special person. We all know how to breathe. But there's a good way to breathe, and there's a way we hold our breath when we're frightened. Mm. So that's really, really important. So, yeah, go to a yoga class. They're the best ever. But if you can't, for whatever reason, Shay, how do you breathe? Well... What's the key to breathing well? Oh, inhale, breathe in. And then I always say from the tips of your toes to the top of your head, and then exhale all the way out. And Dr. Andrew Weil, I recall once I moderated for him when he was at a town hall, and I remember he had the whole group breathing, and he said to do that, like I think it was like a process of five times, Mm -hmm. four or five times, Mm -hmm. And um, I just recall the peace that I could just feel generally in the room. You know, sometimes we can sense when something different changes in atmosphere. But it was like people were, were just all calmed down. Not that they were upset or anything, but I thought, wow, that's a huge group of people who just learned how to breathe. And now everybody's pretty chill until we get out into the parking lot and they have to hand the valet their ticket in, and boy, then it's all <laughs> like, right Well, now. on Wednesdays when I teach, you know, that's the first thing. And so, the, so everybody comes in and they get their spots and whatnot and they sit down, let's just say, or they just stand and I tell everybody, you know, go ahead and take a nice seated. And one of the things I tell them to do right away is to close their eyes and just scan their body. 
from the, feel like feel your body like literally scan your body feel your body you know so that they can say like as soon as they come in they're coming in and some of them are walking and they're rushing maybe from a treatment or they were on the road and because the person in front of them was going five miles an hour and they, or they couldn't find the parking space <laughs> they needed right or now somebody is in their yoga spot mm. in the room mm-hmm. and you know we're, we're creatures of habit so that spot makes a huge difference and the tension in their bodies so now it's my job to watch every single person as they come in. And I don't know where they're coming from or what they're doing or maybe what they're going to go to afterwards. But my one job is to calm them down and let them know that they're loved and they're, you know, we're, we're in this space together. We all understand. And really when they scan their bodies, where is that tension? Is it in their neck? Is it in their shoulders? The breath is the first thing that gets them gets that blood throughing throughout their entire body and literally you can see everybody as their eyes are shut and they're sitting there you can see them as they breathe in and then the heart opens and the lungs open and expand and then all of a sudden they exhale everything out and they're literally every tension in their face their shoulders their ears it just it does so that's what for ptsd for you who you admittedly know that somewhere you've had those those feelings these are some of the techniques that you use yoga and breathing and being in a community and a group and, and therapy and these are all tools that you have in order to um not feel that or to to get better absolutely Yes, I mean, I, I mean that's how I used it, and that's how I teach. Get an eye watch too, man. That thing goes. You're not breathing. I'm like, stop talking to me. <laughs> but that's another AI. thing that You're you know that, that the, those. Okay, I'm I'm gonna go a little off topic, but not really. Just like you said, Ellie. <laughs> so I, the one thing I also tell the students when they come into the room, and and this isn't isn't always what you probably should do, but I do it anyway. Um, is I ask them to unless they have a doctor's call coming in, turn their phones on silent mm-hmm. or off. They have one hour or 45 minutes for their own self-care, their self-love, because, you know, we are tied to cell phones, computers, everything. You're listening to a podcast right now, you're right? <laughs> I mean, we're, we're tied to it. And sometimes when we are always looking to see if someone's calling or who's texting or whatever, it gives us more anxiety. And when you're going through that cancer, you're going through the anxiety, right? You're, you're, you're beating your heart right now. Your heart starts beating faster and faster. And right now I need to calm you down a little bit when they come into my room and my space and, and, and just connect with their mind, their body, and their spirit together. Well, and, and I, what I was trying to add to that when I said my eye watch, like when my eye watch says to me, I don't even notice, I rarely wear it, but when I do and it says breathe, I'm like, what am I not breathing? And then I realize I'm not breathing because I'm really stressed over this email that I'm looking at. And it's like there's so many times during the day where we aren't and where we, we're stressed. So I was saying that is actually kind of a good tool. Now, that's that's the kind of thing where if, I mean, why are you not breathing? Why are you not taking care of yourself? And so that was like a different kind of off the center of that. But I... I totally agree that we'd need to disconnect from that stuff that yeah every now and then it's not it's not I mean in this day and age we can't really do it let's let's face it but for one hour of time it, that's you gotta remember that might be the only hour of time that someone in life after cancer someone who's a survivor 
or someone who is, I call them a warrior that are going through their treatment, that might be the one time they have to themselves to hopefully all they have to do is listen to my voice, the music I play for them, and to be able to move their um, breath to movement. And that can be really magical. And, you know, we, we have to remember that we, um, we don't live in a vacuum. Right. And so most of us get cancer, and yet we still have families and children and work and friends. We have a whole life that we're still living, and we may not have that time, that hour, that disconnect. And that's why I love that concept of the breath, because you know what? You have time to walk outside for four minutes, three minutes, six minutes, maybe it's ten, or go in the bathroom and lock the stall and just breathe for a few minutes. I have the distinct pleasure of working with some family medicine residents at our hospital. And one of the things we often talk about is before you walk in a room, especially when you know you're going to have a difficult conversation, before you put the hand, your hand on the doorknob, take a deep breath, just breathe, just for a moment. Take that minute to center yourself, feel yourself, and then go in. And it's the same thing with any of us that are busy and life gets away from us. Some of us just don't leave. Notice I keep pushing because I want to be that voice for those people who can't take a full class, don't, don't, you know, can't take a vacation, can't whatever. You, your breath is yours. You own it. Mm. And you can use it for yourself. That's self-care, right? It's true. Wow. It's very true. So good. I love it. And um, for those of you that are tuned in today, that's... Uh, You'll be hearing stories and really factual information about different parts of the process you're going through in breast cancer, other kinds of cancer, and life after cancer, and um, just really the stories that Allie has, Allison. Do you like Allie or Allison? Both are fine. Whichever you rolls off your just tongue. Just not hey you. Just right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could even do that. Uh, it eh, whatever. But sh- but the but your expertise and in, in what you do um, will have some great answers for people. And I love that you say that you're not a medical doctor. Right. But at the same time, this is what I know to be true. Right. And so I'm just excited about what the future holds for Shay's Warriors and Life After Cancer. Me too, and, and thank you for the clarification. I'm an oncology social worker by training. That's what I do. So I never say what I don't know, ever. And I don't either. I just feel it, go through it, and um, ask lots of questions <laughs> to the medical professor. <laughs> professional. I love it. But I am a 500 hour yoga teacher. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> That's important. Yes. yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you've got love for our mission and you'd like to help, well, who are we to say no to your generosity? All donations go back to Shays Warriors Mission and support cancer survivors for our upcoming annual retreat this year in Palm Springs. Go to shayswarriors.org for more information.